I want to, uh, first of all, um, our, um, Jerry has some little cards. But don't need to pass those out yet, Terry. He'll just have those available. Um, I wanted people to write down. We've done this the last couple of Sundays. Write down what time works for you if we, not if, but when we do the discipleship classes. Give me a time. You don't have to put your name down. You can if you want to. But just, you know, whether it would be um, a Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, and any other time that you would like. And uh, you can grab those from Jerry. Don't forget to do that. He's going to sit there when you leave today because last Sunday most everybody forgot. So he's going to wave it in front of your face. So you can write something down. and um, or, or he can hand them out now. Just I just don't want you messing with it right now. I just don't want you to forget. So uh, if you'd like one right now and you'll leave it alone until you leave, raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, then, Jerry. Okay, then the other thing that we're going to hand out before I start, and I shared a little bit on Wednesday night with this. This is, uh, you can hand these out, Cherry, then. A summary of some things that have been spoken by those that have already gone home to be with the Lord. And, um, oh, man. Um, this summary, I, I didn't put the words down that each one of them spoke out, but there was five here that have gone home to be with the Lord, but they left us with information about the coming events and things that are coming. Some of them we've, all, we've already seen, you know, and I've, I've mulled this over quite a bit since I found it, but um, we've already seen, you know, some of those things that have come upon us. You know, COVID was one. And whatever else. But I just want you to know that praise and worship, and I'm not just singling it out as the most important thing, but praise and worship is very important to readying us for the things that will come. You know, for readying us for the things that will come. And so it's important that we spend that time in a relationship with God our Father in a relationship by worshiping and praising, spend that time in prayer, spend that time reading the word. It's important so that we are prepared for the things that might come, um, come upon us. Amen. And as, as the presence of the Lord, as the things that are coming, the end time revival, the last great awakening, as those things come, the demonic influences are going to increase as well. You guys all know that, don't you? You've heard me say that before. But the presence of the Lord, devil doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want people worshiping on Sunday morning. He doesn't want people to hear the word on Sunday morning because it might build them up. Praise and worship might build them up. Praying might build them up so that they can deflect the schemes and tactics of the enemy. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Praise and worship is one of those. But it's a very, it's a very important a part to our relationship because it causes us to become sensitive to his leading in our life. Amen. And that's what, that's what we need in this hour. We need, to, we need to know the steps that he wants us to take. And the only way you're going to know those steps it's not by following Ryan over here. 
Right, Ryan? Yeah. Or, or, or the only way you're, you're going to know those steps is not by following Zach. The only way you're going to know those steps is by following God, your father. And each one of you have your own set of steps. Each one of you has your own calling. Each one of you has your own thing you're supposed to do at one o'clock today. Each one of you has your own thing. Amen. And so the only way you're going to know what God's will is for one o'clock today is to spend time with him and know where he wants you to be and who he wants you to talk to. Does that make sense? That's pretty... Okay, it's this way. But God says, are we a slave to him or are we a slave to the devil? If we're a slave to him, then we want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. We want to be obedient to do what he's called us to do. And there's going to be a people that are obedient to do what he's called us to do that will do exploits. They will do miracles. They will do what Mark 16 says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And it goes on and that talks about the signs will follow the signs that will follow them because they preach the word, the signs that will follow. What are the signs? Miracles. Miracles will happen. Miracles will happen. Oh, I'm almost forgot. The Lord reminded me of um, Todd White. So we are going, um, we'll look at this in a minute. I do want you to see a little bit about Todd White. It's about a 10 minute, 11 minute clip. I was talking to to you about him last week. He ministers with Dan Moeller. Dan Moeller is the one that led Todd White to the Lord. And so they do this power and love conference. Kids, you can go quietly downstairs. They do this power and love conference. Um, Nathan has taken his youth. Nathan has taken his youth to the one um, in 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 Texas, in Dallas, around Dallas. I I can't pronounce the name of that town. But anyway, uh, he's taken him. He's taken him again to Corpus Christi to that one. I wanted to do that here. I'm still looking at that. Um, I would like to go um, where where. Um, Dan is ministering, both Todd and Dan are ministering. You'll see why here. I'd like to go there, but most of those are eight-hour drives. So we'll just get a a, a little feel for him. You want to flip off those lights, please, Francis? Do we need this off? It's okay? Can you guys see okay, or is there a glare? Yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus like, uh, I, 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 like, like, I couldn't like, feel it right here. Jesus! Tell him to close it again. Pray again. Check it again. You should be able to see completely. Close your eye again. I'm going to pray for you. Close it. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God, right now. I'd be completely healed. Back up again so you can show me your fingers.
started out at some point and everybody prayed for that first person. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Be excited that Jesus wants to live in you and wants to flow through you. Be excited that you're on the earth and there was a time to be born and your day's here. We just got to be willing to surrender and start believing and believe it's possible. We live a whole life being taught by unbelief. If you're nervous, it's probably okay. Don't wait till you get the spirit of boldness and pray that this thing that you see on top comes upon you. And when it does, you'll pray. Just go pray. Listen, just lay your hands on the sick. Be sincere and believe he loves them through his son. And it's amazing what can happen if we all just start doing that. It's about having a genuine love and the spirit of God in you that brings change to situations and people and lives. It's never about you being somebody in and of yourself. It's about him being somebody in you. He wants to multiply himself after his own kind and reproduce his image through believers. He loves us. And it's his goodness that leads men to change. You'd be amazed how many people have a heart cry toward God. And you might be amazed how God wants you to be a part of the answer to that heart cry. Where he doesn't just come and visit them all the time on his own. He wants to visit them through you. Look, you can go to church, you can have a ministry, you can be a Christian and be self-seeking. My point is you can't be productive if your motive's not pure. The pure in heart shall see God. You're not here to build a kingdom, you're here to minister one that already came. You put the old man down in his deeds and you put on the new man. He's renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. I'm firstborn among many. The things I do, you'll do if you believe. As the Father sent me, so I'm going to send you. He forgave you of everything you've ever done. So he can live inside of you. He's redeeming something. He's restoring something. I asked the security guy, like if he had any kind of trouble with his back or anything like that. And he said, no, I'm good. He kind of pushed me away. But Lynn came out and Lynn said, hey, do you have any trouble with like one of your shoulders? How do you know my, my shoulders hurt? Because Jesus loves you. He loves you. Oh, uh, is Actually, both. I just injured this one the other day. It's very good. Lynn got his heart soft. It was pretty cool. This is how we all work together. You know, because some sow, some water. God brings the increase. Shoulders be healed in Jesus' name. Brand new. New rotator cuff in Jesus' name. Amen. That's crazy how. Check it right now. Tell me how to feel. I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Okay, you got to do it. I might start crying. No, it's okay. You know why? Because like, we're raised our whole life to wonder like who God is. And then we see religion around us and we don't want it. And then when Jesus really shows up and touches you, it confronts your whole life. It confronts what you thought was not real. And it makes it real. Do me a favor, though. Just swing your shoulder for me. Let me have it. That's a stretch and where's it hurt? Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing, man.
all of us, if you're a Christian, have the ability to let Jesus flow through you and touch the world around you on a constant basis. Destroy the works of the devil everywhere you go. And everything you say and everything you do, glorify Jesus. God gave you one more day to manifest Him and not you. He gave you the privilege of representing Him to a lost and dying world. Just a normal Christian, one that loves Jesus with all my heart. Because God is going to use you. He's going to flow through you. He's going to use you as His hands, as His feet, as His mouthpiece. Got to share the gospel. They're either headed to heaven or headed to hell. You can think what you want, but man, this guy almost went to hell. So my heart cry is, man, if you say yes to Jesus, believe it and walk it out. And don't be a hypocrite. They let me have the microphone and got to pray for the miraculous and a whole bunch of healings happened corporately. In Jesus' name, sickness, get out. gym where they would separate church and state. A whole bunch of people got saved that day. Can y'all just give a shout to Jesus right now? Jesus! And then just kept praying for people in there. Praying for different basketball players. Praying for different people on the front, you know, sitting in the stands. And the gospel is good news and we get to love people and we get to bring the good news not coming over the top of people clobbering up um, but coming up underneath of them but I remember there was these police that came in and, and I used to run from cops never ever would you see me ever standing with police so I wanted to ask you about your about your knee do you have any issues with, so with knee from, from a reoccurring it's a sports injury it's kind of lingering Okay. All right. No need. Issue. Okay. I gotta ask the guy beside you then. Could I pray for your shoulder? To be okay. Pray this one. All right. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for a brand new shoulder, God. That you would touch it and make it whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I had a word of knowledge about the one cop, and he was like, "Well, I don't, uh, I don't believe in this." So I'm going to pray for him anyway, so he knows that when he gets healed, it was Jesus that talked through some guy at the meeting. Yeah, just what an opportunity to be able to represent Jesus in a lost and dying world. And sometimes we're just so caught up in life and caught up in stuff that we don't see the simple gospel. But we can share it and bring people to Jesus because of our life lived. Today, there are people out there wanting to hear the gospel. Don't pass them by. Use this life that God gave you. You treat every day as if it would be your last day here on this planet. You treat every day as though it might be the person in front of you's last time to see what Jesus might look like. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now watch. Now go in my name. What's he doing? He's making us one with him. I'm asking you. To let them know their created value. God, let them see people like you see them. Let them hear people like you hear them. One 
day you're going to stand before God and you're going to answer for your life. you got to get hardcore with this thing and get diligent and be a good soldier and endure hardship. God wants to flow through these hands. Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. So we're the embodiment of his anointing. We're the expression of him. This temple right now, he is going to quicken it so that I can be an instrument of the Lord. I can be a weapon of right standing with God. And heaven wants to come in you and change you from the inside out so you start living like Jesus. It's the Jesus that you preach. It's the Jesus that you know. If we miss becoming love, we miss why he was crucified and raised from the dead. So God, I thank you in Jesus' name that we will be bold and share our faith and realize that if somebody gets shut down and you're there, that doesn't mean you're going to get shut down. It's a perfect opportunity for us to just a tag team, so to speak, and just go and bring Jesus because I want people to come to God and if I can't reach them somebody else can we're the body of Christ we need to work together bless you guys you can turn that light back on friends thank you so that's um, Todd White Todd White Dan Moeller Todd White and Dan Moeller that should stir you up Every time I've watched it, it has me. I watched another clip where he, some several people and Todd prayed for quadriplegic. And he was, and I didn't realize while Todd was talking and sharing this, Todd, <laughs> the quadriplegic, quadriplegic was standing right next to Todd until, have you seen that one too, Zach? Until, uh, until the very the very last minute and the, and the guy standing there, he goes in, I'm him, you know, and everything was restored back. But see, that's the stuff we're, we're moving into. Amen. Or we should be able to do. And, and again, the things that we have been focusing on ever since, you know, I've started doing this. My heart has been to ready you guys to be able to do what Todd White's doing. And the conferences that he has, he, they have them two days and they have uh, morning and afternoon sessions that people go out and actually street witness or witness to the people like they were in a basketball game there. And so, um, um, like I said, Nathan's been doing it with his young people and um, um, they, they didn't necessarily go with Todd, but they found a place where they went and ministered and, and prayed for people, prayed for their salvation. And so um, I think it's, it's vitally important that we ready ourselves for this big wave of people that are coming in. Amen? Amen. So praise and worship all this summary. I, I want to just go over this. You'll see that there was five that had gone home to be with the Lord. Oral Roberts, Dave Wilkerson, Steve Hill, Kenneth Hagin, Smith Wigglesworth are the five. Now, I did not put their prophecies there, but you probably could Google them and find the prophecies. Mario Murillo is the one that put this together. And um, this is a summary of what each one of them said. And I just felt it was so important. I used it myself to kind of gauge where we are as a church and if we're on the right right place or not you know that's my job right 
I'm held accountable if I don't do the right things, if I don't get us in the right place. But anyway, you'll see the different um, situations, I guess, the different summaries of each person. Um, I think, um, I don't know whether to read through those or not, but you can yourself, the one about Oral Roberts, like I said, each prophecy was longer and um, then um, Kenneth Hagin, but there's a summary, uh, there's a Mar- Mario's summary of the whole thing is starts with uh, number one, and it says to stop following preachers that are weakening you, you use, using you and denying that there is a storm coming. Well, let's say the storm coming was kind of what I was talking about already. It's the second, it's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there will be storms like we went through COVID. We went through different things that happened in, in that. I think that prophecy was talking there about the Twin Towers, you know, how they came. That was a storm. And that caused people to come to this, to flood their churches when that happened. But the pastors, the preachers, pastors weren't ready. They weren't able, they didn't have their people ready to get these people in a place of, of um, salvation or healing. And so people waned and they went back to their bars and they left. I don't know if that shares that in here or not, any, but it, it is part of this, this whole um, thing that was written. And so that's why I believe the Lord has been instructing me to ready the, ready the church that's why I believe there is to be a training center here. So the church is ready to serve God and do, do what uh, we're called to do. Anyway, um, get out of the churches that look like nightclubs. Now, there are churches out there that do. So um, get away from the seductive teaching that denies hell, the blood of Christ, the inerrancy, inerrancy of Bible and the urgency of the Great Commission denies the urgency of the Great Commission. Now you won't hear that here, <laughs> absolutely not. And don't follow their teaching. For heaven's sake, do not give them any money. Do not fellowship with believers who condone drunkenness or immorality. This comp- compromised Christianity is precisely the house built on the sand that the storm will destroy. You all remember reading that in the New Testament about the house that was built on the sand. Then when the storm came, it just crumbled under the pressure of it. Okay, number two, press into God. That's the instruction that we've been doing. What has it been now? Um, A month, Zach? We've been doing Wednesday nights, the pressing into the Lord. Yeah, maybe two months now. Press into God. The common thread that runs through all of those messages, these the five prophets in a in a call is a call to intimacy with God. You've heard that talked about here on Wednesday nights, especially. And Zach's been teaching on Wednesday nights uh, along that line the importance of intimacy. Okay, the result of that intimacy would be a special grace and a power to live through anything that is coming in these last days. Each one of them referred, referenced a secret place in God that was available to us and would create a force field of peace, joy, boldness that would deflect every lie, every threat, and every attack. All of these men spoke of, of a level of power that would be revealed to the last generation of Christians on the earth. They described a time of great extremes where wickedness and righteousness would ripen together. We've seen that. I don't think we've seen the end of that. But we have seen that 
you know, in the, in the um, last days, um, um, wickedness will increase. So in the last days, last days it will increase. Okay, those who choose to press into God will embody a faith that cannot be shaken by any threat or headline. They will have a presence of God continually upon their life, not just some of the time, but all of the time. Disasters will go on around them, and regardless of how cataclysmic the events in the world become, they will be conveyed safely into the presence of God. Number three, enter the era of extravagant asking. Wigglesworth's reference to extravagant asking is the key to the final revival in the history of the world. He quoted Jesus who said, Hitherto you have asked nothing. Ask what you will, and my Father will give it to you, that your joy may be full. All five of these prophets hold out a hope for America. And, and we should. We should. I mean, I, I'm not a doom and gloom, nor do I like doom and gloom, <laughs> teaching or talking or any of that. But we should. We should hold out a hope. That's where, see, if our hope isn't fixed, our anchor has no, our soul has no anchor. See, our hope is fixed on his return. Our hope is fixed on him making everything right, changing things, rearranging things. Our hope is fixed on there being a new day and a new nation. Amen? Okay, so all five of these prophets hold out a hope for America. They are trying to sober us up so that we can ask God to spare our nation. We do not have to have fires, riots, and God's judgment upon America, even though they are well-deserved. I should say that he wrote this in 2020. Mario did. He put put them all together. That's why he was talking about the fires and the riots. We can ask and receive resources beyond anything we've ever seen before. And I'm going to stop there for a minute. I alluded to it a while back when I was sharing on Sunday morning. I don't usually, I don't talk about everything I see in the spirit realm, but the Lord took me into the throne room. And I always know that when I pray, I can come boldly before his throne and believe that he hears me. And I know that those things, those petitions I've asked of him will come to pass. Well, this time he had me look around and that throne room is amazing. And he said, ask Ask what you want. Ask what you want. And so I don't always talk about everything because it's it's just sometimes it's not the right time. And anyway, so I did. I asked. I asked for enough. I asked for the finances for what he wants to do here in this area. I asked for a number of things. But the throne room, I mean, there was nothing. I can't go out and buy bling that compares to the throne room, you know. I can't do it. The throne room is beautiful. There's so many riches and jewels and diamonds and gold. And, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's important that we ask to receive. Amen. Okay, so um, we can ask and receive resources beyond anything we've ever seen before. We can preach with devastating conviction that can pierce um, hearts and break the chains of the most sins of our time. We can ask and receive signs and wonders that exceed what the apostles saw. We can watch God fill the coffers, coffers, I think that's how you pronounce that, of anointed ministries beyond anything we can imagine or have ever seen before. If 
finally, truly God's word is this. I sent, I set before you life and death. You guys know where that is? Deuteronomy 30. I set before you life and death. You need to choose life so that you may live. And that goes on to explain what that's about. But that's in Deuteronomy 30. It might be verse 19. You can choose life, not just any life, but the greatest life that God has offered in each generation. So we have that opportunity. So with that life that we choose comes the protection, comes all your needs met, comes healing, comes deliverance, comes hope, comes change. Every need met. I mean, I can stand here and say that every Sunday and it still would not, I don't think it would register the ramifications of that need of those, um, of that phrase. Every need is met in Christ Jesus, always in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about praise and worship. We did quite a bit of praise and worship, but it's always good to have an understanding so that then when you come into a place of praise and worship, you can actually have that faith about what it will do when you do it. Does that make sense? Okay, Lord, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Okay. Okay, so we'll probably be in the Amplified Sun, but last week I talked about praise affects you. Praise affects you. It affects the devil. And it affects God. All three, okay? Um, in Psalms, well, let's see. That's not... Psalms 150. Let's just go to Psalm 150 first. Um, See, we're, we're commanded to praise. We, we don't get away with not doing that. We don't get away with... And, and praising in your heart, it's kind of like I talk to people about, you don't pray, pray in your heart. If I have a relationship, if I'm going to have a personal relationship with the Lord or, or with Crystal here, and, I, and I've told you this before, and I've taught a long prayer. If I come here and stand, does she know what I'm talking about? Does she know what's on my heart? Does she know what's going on in my life? I mean, I know God knows all those things, but see, he, he wants us to ask before, before. Amen? So same with the relationship. When you're in, in, in ministering, when you're ministering to the Lord, you're ministering to him in a place of worship. When you're ministering to him, he's ministering to you. He loves that. He loves that. And I talked about that last week. You know, you, you want a relationship with your kids and your grandkids. And, and, and you have that relationship by spending time with them. Is that right? Yeah. Say if you never, I mean, there's some, sometimes when they're a little bit further away. But, but you know, you, you soak up all the time you can when, you, when they are close by. You spend time with them. You talk to them. You, you, you praise them for some of the things they're doing. You, 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 give, you give God glory and thanks. But see, if you have a relationship with, your, with your, your kids or a relationship with your husband or a relationship with your grandparents or a relationship with whoever, you develop that relationship. You develop that relationship with them. That's why we want to have a relationship with God our Father. It's not a one-time thing. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. It's not a one-time thing. You're developing a relationship because you spend time 
worshiping him and praising him and giving him glory, thanking him for what he's doing. See, our relationship with him is not always, give me, give me, Lord, I'm coming to you. I need this. I need this. I need this. It should be, I love you, Father. I worship you. And you know, you can do that because you know he's a good God. He's going to meet your need. You don't have to ask him. He knows what the need is before you ask, but he does tell us to ask. Amen. So, but that's a different kind. We're talking about just ministering to him. And when we minister to him, he ministers to you. Like, like that, that, that happened up here during praise and worship for me. It was ministering to me and encouraging me. I, I felt like I, I was in the same spot that David was when he encouraged himself in the Lord, where we encourage ourselves in the Lord when we spend time with him. We get bolder, we get stronger, we get more hopeful, we get more peace, we get more joy. We get understanding. Amen? Okay, so so Psalms 150, we're commanded to praise the Lord. Psalms 156, let everything that has breath, everything that has breath, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 13. Uh, out of the Amplified. No, I'm sorry. Hebrews. Yeah. Hebrews 13. Is another one along that line. Just to know that we need to be praising. We're commanded. We're told to do that. Hebrews 13. Um, 16. 13, 16. Do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good. To be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy of the church. Oops, I'm sorry. 15. Then then 16. 15. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of the lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. At all times. At all times. I mean, you can go on and read 16 if you want to, but 15 was why I was after through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up praise. All times offer up praise. You know, when I would get in a, t- a tough situation, all sometimes all I could remember was say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because I needed a, a, a freedom or a deliverance or a help in that situation. And you know, by the way, I was just doing some studying on angels this week. By the way, when you exalt Jesus as Lord, like we do sometimes on Sunday morning, the angels clear this area of all demonic influences, and all junk that's hindering it. So just, just declaring Jesus as Lord will bring a change in the atmosphere in your home, over your children, in the church, and this whole area that God has for this for us to do. Amen? So so constantly offer up praise. Constantly offer up praise. And we're going to see some of the things if we're constantly offering up praise. You know, we're not, we haven't got anything else coming out of our mouth. Right? <laughs> Isn't that right? Okay, Philippians 4.4 4 says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um I think for me, um, Hebrews 11, 6, if you want to just flip back there, Hebrews 11, 6, I was looking for, uh, for when we praise the Lord, what, what, what are some things that we should understand about doing that? But I think Hebrews 11, 6, if you can get that under your belt, 
if you don't know him, you're not going to seek him. But the Hebrews 11, 6 says, and this is so good. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. You must believe that he is. You're not going to come and worship him if you don't believe that he is, are you? You're not going to do it. If you don't believe that he can hear you and that he is taking care of everything. You must believe that he is. That's the scripture verse that I keep hearing the Lord say to me as I've been reading this area of praise and worship. You must, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the Lord said to me this week, uh, do they know how to seek God? Do they know how to seek God? What would be something you would say that if you were somebody was wanting to know, how do you seek God? Oh, my hand just got out on that. How would, how would, what would you say to him? If somebody come to you and said, how do I seek God? I don't know how to seek God. What would you tell them? <laughs> That's what I did with the Lord. <laughs> you, <laughs> just something simple, something simple. Pray, prayer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Praise. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's, it's seeking is a, a, a attempt to find. You're attempting to find him. So, like Zach was saying, and Francis was saying, if you're attempting to find God, where are you going to find him? In your personal prayer time with him? In the word? Do you know the word is God talking to you? The whole word of God is God talking to you. So if you want God to talk to you, then start reading your word. You know, if you want, if you want to, um, find out something from the Lord, start praising him, start praising him. Okay. That's, that's just, and you know, sometimes you can sit down and praise him. You don't even know what you're seeking him for, but you just know that I need to praise you. I praise you, Lord. I love you, father. I see people do this. I, I just ask you to help me understand. Help me to learn how to love you. I, I want you to be a part of my life. I love you. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. If you don't do anything else but just tell him you love him, that's seeking him. You understand? That's seeking him. Okay, so believe that he is, that he exists. He is always with us. You know that we've had enough teaching on that. He's always with us and that he is a rewarder because you're seeking him as you're praising. He is a rewarder. Okay. Okay. Um, that word seek there also means to worship. Worship is a part of that. Okay. And, and we talked about last week. Remember, we talked about Jonah, um, Jonah in, in, Jonah two nine. I think this is important to look at this again. Um, let's see, Jonah two nine. If you can go there. Oops, that's, that's too far. Nope, that's no limit here. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
when I was working with my sister, we had, she would take, she would do musicals and we'd take the kids to camps and stuff. One of the things that they had us do, we broke up into groups, was to write a song. And they had us, well, they had us go, um, each, each group got one of the chapters. And so we had to write a song. Well, where's the page? Oh, there it is. Okay, in Jonah 2.9. It talks about, and so we each had to write a song about one of those chapters, each group. That's always stuck with me, but I don't know the song and I don't remember the chapter. Anyway, Jonah 2.9. Um, I'll start with one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from his stomach of the fish. Now, Jonah was in a bad way. He was in a tight spot. He had disobeyed God and he was, and God threw him in the, belly of a great fish and he says I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me I cried for help from the depth of Sheol thou didst hear my voice verse 3 for thou hast cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the current engulfed me all of thy breakers and billows passed over me so we'll just jump on down here to verse 9 you can see he was in a tough place just like Paul and Silas was but I will sacrifice to thee this is still Jonah talking. I will sacrifice to thee with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. So his, his, he hadn't been set free from that situation yet. But he, he, it didn't matter. He prayed and he sacrificed. He sacrificed praise to the Lord, thanksgiving to the Lord. So sometimes we don't see the outcome. A lot of times we want to praise and thank God because things go good. But we need to praise and thank God when things don't look right, don't look good, and we're in the belly of the whale, or we're in chains in in a dungeon, and we praise and we pray. We pray and praise. Amen? So, so let's look at Psalms 116.17, please. Psalms one sixteen seventeen. Okay. Verse seventeen says To thee I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving when you're in a tough place. You don't wait for it to change because God's the person that's going to change it when you praise and sacrifice a thanksgiving and praise to him. Now, you'll have to start putting some of these things to work. That's why we did a little bit more of that praising. You know, and I told you to take whatever situation that was on your heart, start praising and thanking the Lord for the change in it. It doesn't make any difference if you don't see it. Like I always say, as fast as you see it, your McDonald's hamburger when you drive through. It doesn't make any difference. You still praise and thank him. You you keep the praise and thanksgiving going because God's the one that's going to bring the deliverance. God's the one that's going to bring the change. You know, the sacrifice of praise is we do it when we don't eat, we don't feel like it. We do it when we don't feel like it. You've heard me say this a number of times. I don't feel like being here on Wednesday nights. I really don't. <laughs> 
But it's a sacrifice of praise. I come and I am so refreshed. I am so changed. I heard from the Lord and the Lord told me something that's coming in my future. Or that he told me something about how to change this situation. You cannot get in. You cannot get before the Lord and not hear something from him and not be encouraged. I'm not saying it's always verbal, but it's an encouragement. It's a strength. It's a change in you. Because, see, when you start putting God first place by worshiping and worshiping him and, and, and loving on him, when you start putting him first place, there can't be there has to be change on the inside of you because the, the, the sin and the, and the despair or whatever is going on when you start praising him has to leave. When you start when you start exalting Jesus and praising him, it won't stay. It won't stay. It won't stay. I'm serious. I know what I'm talking about. Daphne has a praise report from, I think it was the first Wednesday night you were here. Um, putting you on the spot. I meant to talk to you before church. <laughs> but anyway, she was here on a Wednesday night and she, she heard something from the Lord. I don't even remember what that was. But she was so excited that she heard what the Lord had told her to do about something. I think it was. I don't know. Do you remember? Okay. Well, anyway, it was an encouragement to her and it was an excitement to her to see that happen. See, but that's not just for Daphne and it's not just for me and it's not just for Zach and Ruby. It's for everybody to be able to come into his presence and hear what he's saying to you and tell you what to do. Amen. Amen. Um, Sometimes we have the attitude of what good will it do to praise and worship? What good will it do? See, you got to get rid of that thinking. That's that stinking thinking that keeps you from worshiping. It's, it's, it's not, it's not good. What good will it do? (laughs) Well, it isn't going to do anything if you don't do it. That's right. Amen. Okay. So, and then, um, sometimes people don't want to worship God because they can't see him. See, there goes back to that Hebrew scripture that we must believe that he is, that he exists. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We must believe that he is. If you believe that he is, it will be easy to do this. If you believe, if you had an experience of a salvation, of um, being born again, you know that he is. You know that he is. Amen. Okay, so we, we um, talked a little bit. We talked about um, Jonah and the situation he was in. And that kind of goes along with um, uh, Paul and Silas, too. Uh, we, can, we can look at um, Paul and Silas in Acts 16, please. Acts 16. We've talked about Paul and Silas a lot. I know, I know. But they're a classic example of what you should do in the midst of a trial, of a tough spot, of a dark place, of something that's going on at midnight. For them, it was. Uh huh. Yep, yep. You know, and, and I was, uh, as I was reading through just different parts of, of people's testimonies, I come across, I did not know, that Andrew Womack, um, his son, I don't know, I don't know how many kids he has, but had died. And, and he was sharing this testimony. He said, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I did not know. He did not know what to do, except I just started praising God. He said, I started praising God, praising God, 
five hours, his son was dead, praising God. And his son came back to life, praising God. And I shared the testimony of the guy uh, last Sunday that died in church when we were in Colorado. And how um, the minister said it was um, Terry McCallman was the worship leader. But the pastor said, Terry, do this kind of worship right now. So they started to take out everybody worshiping. And the guy that had died, there was doctors there to verify that he had died in the service. That he came back to life. And so the worship and the, and, and it's important the worship is important. The praising is important. And who knows? Start putting it to work in your life. Don't wait. Don't wait. Well, I'm, I'm going to worship next Sunday. <laughs> Come on Wednesday night. Or start doing it in your own personal personal prayer time. That's basically, we want you to have a personal prayer time. And a worship time. And a, and a relationship with the Lord. So that when you come in, you are already tender to the things of God and you're ready to worship and you're ready to welcome God's presence into the, into the service. Amen. We welcome God's presence into the service. Then we welcome miracles. We welcome, welcome healings. We welcome deliverance. We welcome whatever the need is that needs to be met. Amen. I want you to, um, well, let's see. Yeah, I, Acts 16. I think that's verse. Let's see where are we at. Um, uh, we could start with, well, verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And I have to explain to you, I have to tell you. Do you think you could sit there and praise God with your feet in stocks? Do you sit, do you think you could sit there and praise God? I talked about the big rats running around and your back is bloody from being beaten. Do you think you could sit there and praise God and give him glory? I mean, do you think you could do that? Are you prepared to do that? Are you ready to do that in the midst of a dark time, a dark situation? Amen. So Paul and Silas did that. Um, let's look at Psalms 22, 3. 22, 3. There's so much just there. I mean, in, in each one of these stories that I, stories, not stories, but situations that I shared, there's so much that goes on um, that you can glean from it. 22, 3 says, uh, Yet thou art holy. O thou who art enthroned upon the praises of Israel. So God, God um, manifests on the praises of, that we give him. He inhabits those praises. Amen. Um, and I already said praise brings miracles on the scene. Um, praise. Let, let's look at Colossians. When we start praising the Lord, Colossians 2, no 3. When we start praising the Lord... Uh, we we have to set our mind on things above or we wouldn't be praising. Is that right, guys? Okay, so Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. 
So if we're setting our mind on things above, we're going to, we're going to worship. And if you, if you haven't got your mind set on things above, just continue to worship, set your, set a focus on Jesus and, and worship him and the things that are heavy on your heart or the things that you are seeing. If your focus is here, you're going to let those things go. They won't be a, a, a burden or a bundle or a burden or a, I'll wait to you. And, and, and we can look at Philippians uh, 4. If we go on and look at Philippians 4, uh, where we were, 4 4 says, Rejoice the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. But Philippians 4 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. No, wait a minute. Let's see. Yeah. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So see, the prayer and the thanksgiving all works together. It's important that we, we do that. So that's why you see Paul and Silas. They were praying, but they were thank, giving thanks. And, and you know, if you're praying and giving thanks, then you, you have to cast the care upon the Lord. Amen? Amen? You have to cast the care. You can't come and do this if you're weighted with care and anxiety. You need to tr- you need to do it. Then that will that will lift that care and anxiety off of you. Pray and cast the care and praise. Okay, come before the Lord and do that. Amen. With thanksgiving, make your request known t- to God. So, um, praise like in Paul's eyes broke the chains that had them bound. And it was such a testimony to all the other people that were in jail there that nobody left. Nobody left. They were frozen in their spot because there was the presence of the Lord was so strong. And the presence of the Lord shook the whole jail and, and loosed everybody, but didn't cause any harm. Isn't that amazing? Nobody had a big brick fall on their head. Nobody was hurt. Everybody was still there. Amen. Okay, um, okay, let's, um, Psalm 42, please. We're a lot in Psalms, but there's a lot to be said in Psalms. Psalms 42, and I'm going to read that out amplified. Psalm 42, verse 55. Let's see, I think it's, let me look here for a second. 42 verse 5 why are you cast down O my inner self and why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me hope you in God and wait expectantly for him for I shall yet praise him my help and my God again your soul wants to be cast down your soul wants to be sad your soul wants to feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> it's your soul. Your soul wants to be um, wants to be what's to be running and 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 um, making you feel bad. Your soul will tell you this and this went on in that situation. But if we get before the Lord and we yield to the leadership of His Spirit in us, we worship Him. Then it moves the soul area or the flesh. From, from thinking those things into praising and worshiping and into the spirit, thinking things from the spirit of God. Amen. Okay. So we, 
we, we talked also last week about Ziglag. We're not going to read about that, but um, let's look at Psalm 73, please. Psalm 73. These are all, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to stay focused on the things that you'll find in praise in the Psalm scriptures, you know, that, and, and some of the other that God uh, does through us just praising or that we get because we praise. Psalm 73, 16. When I pondered to understand this, now, and I, and there was other stuff going on, but you can read the whole thing. But when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome to my sight. How many of you wondered? I've been in situations where I didn't know why somebody was upset with me, or I was um, uh, fearful of a situation. I was afraid of somebody. I didn't know what was going on. So when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. Then verse 17, until... I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived, perceived their end. When he came into the sanctuary of God, he came into praise and worship. So praise and worship helped him understand what the situation was. Amen. Praise and worship. And, and you can just write these down because we're, we're close to the end here. Psalms 105, 1 and 5. It helps us remember God's blessing. You know, when you worship and you spend time praising him, it helps us remember his blessing. Uh, Psalm 140, 13 talks about it becomes, causes us to become more sensitive and aware of his presence in a service or in your own personal time or uh, whenever he's trying to talk to you, he can, his presence can just move on you at any point in time when he's got something to say. Um, praise gets your eyes on God, not on self. We talked about that. Psalm 152. Um, praise also shows us the path. Uh, Psalm 116.11. Let's go to Psalm 5. Let's look at that one. Psalm 5. Verse 11. But let us all who take refuge in thee. Be glad, let them ever sing for joy, and mayest thou shelter them. For those who love thy name may exalt in thee. For it is thou who dost who does bless the righteous man, O Lord. Thou dost surround him with favor as with a shield. Okay, but, it all who, but let all who take refuge in thee be glad. So in our, in our place of um, worshiping and spending time with him. We're taking refuge in him and it's a place of protection. Okay. Okay. Uh, so praise also Psalm 28, seven praise, um, strengthens you. Okay. Praise strengthens you. And then we talked about Jehoshaphat a little bit last week and Jehoshaphat, how the army was all getting ready to attack him, all this multitude and how he was discouraged and again, it talks about, you know, how uh, he strengthened himself. You know, he got before the Lord. And then the, I believe the, there was a prophet that came and gave a word. And they followed them what the, what the word from the prophet told them to do. Um, also, there's a few other scripture verses. And so praise, they, they praised God before, before they got the answer. But God set up ambushes because the confusion of the praise, the praise brought confusion to the enemy's camp and set up ambushes so that, that they got the victory then, even though the multitude was great. Amen. Um, also, if you are um, 
um, praise chases away despair, Isaiah 61.3. And then also, um, if you are praising God, then you're not cursing them. James 3.9 and 10. And this one, I think this one is really good. Psalms 110, please. Psalms 110, and then we'll close with this one. Psalms 110, uh, verse 2. The Lord will stretch forth thy strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of thine enemies. How can you rule in the midst of thine enemies? By praising and worshiping. You can rule in the midst of the enemies. Just like in the 23rd Psalm, he set a table uh, in the presence of your enemies. He set a table. You know, on that table is everything that all the benefit that God, God had given you. So that table is yours to sit down and partake of. But the enemy wants to get you to not partake of the, what's on the table. He gets to try. He tries to destroy you. He tries to lie to you. He tries to tell you things that aren't true about what's on that table. But what's on that table is always healing. What's on that table is always freedom from fear. What's on that table is deliverance and hope and joy. What's on that table is peace. So he sets a, he sets a table in the presence of your enemies. That's why we are commanded to rule in the presence of our enemies. Take authority over them. Amen. We've been given that. Take authority. That's who you are in Christ. I know there's a lot of information. I appreciate you following along and listening and staying with those. Things are all part of what praise and worship will do for you. And I, I wanted to get that across to you because if you know and have an understanding of what praise and worship will do for you, then I'm, I'm believing that you will do more of it. You will have a heart more ready to worship him. You have a heart knowing that that's going to bring a change in your situation. You have a heart knowing that he does. He does uh, reward those who diligently seek him. You have a heart knowing that when you praise, his presence comes in and meets every need that you have. Every need that you have. Every need that you have. And and his, his it is so good to spend time with him. I, I'm serious. It's just so good. Amen. God is good. Father, we just want to thank you for this day. It's the day that you have made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. We want to give you all the praise and glory. We thank you, Father, that the word doesn't return void, but it accomplishes there into where it's been sent, that it causes hope to rise up. That, Father, they not only hear, but they are a doer of the word. They are quick to praise. They are quick to love you. They are quick to tell you how much... You mean to them. They're quick to spend time with you. They are quick to do those things because they know that the results will be a blessing to them in Jesus name. So we want to praise you and thank you, Father, for meeting those needs in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen.